I'd like to welcome everyone to the Florence Weinberg Show. Frank McKay here with the, uh, the author of 16 books, the subject of a documentary, the subject of a long radio series prior to becoming her own host of radio and podcasts. And, and now there are, are dozens upon dozens of, uh, of shows, uh, over 100, I, I would imagine, combination. And uh, again, to go with a body of work that is so enviable, uh, tremendous work by Dr. Florence Byham Weinberg, and it's and she's still going strong. And I imagine, you know, we're almost one week, exactly one week outside of the election, and I imagine she has some thoughts on the election. Doc, how are you? I'm doing okay, personally, <laughs> and I think the nation is doing pretty well. Um, our democracy survived, uh, even though I think it is still shaky. Uh, but nonetheless, we have um, con- the de- Democrats have control of the Senate, not the MAGA Republicans, uh, which is a very, very good thing in my view. And a lot of centrist people agree with me there, and uh, and voted uh, voted Democrat this time. Um, but uh, Texas, Texas is a very sore point with me. Uh, because all of the cities in Texas, um, Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, El Paso, and on and on, uh, all are blue. They all voted Democrat, but they were overwhelmed by uh, the smaller uh, communities, and including Uvalde, by the way, um, the county, um, Uvalde, went 60% for Abbott, if you can imagine. Wow. Wow. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm going to talk about Uvalde a little bit, too, uh, along with everything else um, about this election as I uh, do my my spiel today. Um, but, um, but anyway, as I say, I'm, I'm very, uh, very sad about the outcome of, uh, of Texas. Uh, but anyway, um, I think I'll punch in unless, uh, unless you want to put in another... Uh, uh, remark or two. Well, I, I would I would just say this: the you know you you had mentioned that the uh, uh, that the uh, Roe v. Wade um, issue was uh, was seventh on on many polls of how uh, the importance. Now in Texas, uh, maybe so, but in in New York here, where the Democrats had a real scare, thinking Lee Zeldin would beat uh, would would beat Kathy Hochul. Um, uh, it it didn't happen, and I've got to believe that that a lot of Roe v. Wade voters, uh, people mm-hmm. that that were afraid of this issue, that were concerned with this issue, uh, they came out and they were lying in the weeds, and and they came out and they voted, and they voted uh, strongly for the Democrats because it just there was no red wave. The red wave uh, never it never happened, and. Um, and here we are. We're uh, we're in a. Uh, uh, what about those? What about those two uh, representatives? Those two Congress people uh, in New York. Well, in the state. Well, the interesting thing is, uh, in Long, uh, on Long Island, on Long Island, um, there's now four Republican congressional members. That uh-huh. that happened, but that wasn't the red wave. That was that was the Zeldin wave. He's from Long Island, and he ran very strong on Long Island, and he lifted them. Uh, but the New York State Senate, which was expected to get very close, uh, the Republicans only picked up one seat, one uh-huh. seat out of uh, out of sixty three, um, mm-hmm. you know, all total. So uh, the they still have a supermajority. It's mind blowing, actually. But I have to believe that's Roe v. Wade. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's true. Uh, but for the uh, in the national picture, um, the Democrats lost uh, some uh, uh, House. That, that's where they lost. That's where they got hurt. Yeah. So uh, there was one uh, on Long Island or, or two. Uh, yeah. House seats lost. Well, let me see what was lost. Zeldin's seat was maintained. Garbarino's seat was maintained. Yeah, they lost. Uh, they lost uh, Kathleen, Ri- uh, Kat- uh, Kathleen Rice, 
uh, to a Republican. Uh, that was a shocker, actually. That was a pretty, pretty shocking uh, situation. And the other one was supposed to go to, to a guy named Zimmerman, and that was Swazi. They lost two seats on Long Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what I thought I had uh, had seen on the news, uh, and that is, of course, very bad uh, because uh, because in the House, as far as I know, I haven't seen any of the statistics today, but as far as I know. Uh, the Senate, is, the House is still up for grabs, but uh, every every loss that used to be uh, Democrat, the Democratic seat, um, uh, is uh, pushing the House closer to being uh, governed by the Republicans this time, uh, which is a really sad situation because uh, very little gets done when the two houses are pitted against each other. But anyway, uh, uh, to go back to the general election, um, Thomas Friedman, I think it was yesterday, uh, in yesterday's New York Times probably, it, uh, uh, published a, an op-ed which said uh, dem- democracy survived, but it's still not safe. And I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, the, uh, the election did... Um, uh, the election uh, deniers uh, certainly got uh, a beating, that is true, um, because, as you say, so many people who were worried about democracy came out of the weeds and voted. And they came out of the weeds not uh, maybe not for democracy but for uh, Roe v. Wade. That was uh, probably the motivating factor. But uh, the effect is that our democracy was saved. Um, And our problems have increased because of the uh, states that are run by by, uh, Republicans where gerrymandering has taken place, and that is especially problematic in Texas. I think it's problematic even in New York, uh, New York State, uh, perhaps. It's uh, everywhere there are some... uh, there have been, anyways, uh, uh, dominant Republicans. Uh, there has been an attempt to gerrymander, probably because there is not. There are more Democrats uh, registered voters uh, than Republicans by far, and so the Republicans are trying to make up for it by, by skewing uh, the. Um, the districts in such a way that the Republicans will always win in in those districts because they are in the majority in the the way they have been drawn. Uh, so, uh, so therefore, uh, we have lost a number of House seats, for instance, because of that. Um, and the other thing uh, that uh, Friedman is uh, underscoring. Uh, is the social networks, uh, along with gerrymandering, that have poisoned our national dialogue uh, and polarized society into uh, tribes. Uh, And uh, as he says, they have steadily eroded the twin pillars of our democracy, which are truth and trust. And without being able to agree on what is true, which, of course, has been a problem, because of fake news and uh, uh, conspiracy theories that are being pushed by social media, uh, we don't know which way to go. And without, without being able to trust one another, uh, we can't head there together. And everything, big and hard, needs to be done together. And uh, the prime example of that is always World War II. Uh, before Pearl Harbor, there was a very powerful America First Party or group uh, that uh, uh, that wanted Hitler to win. Wow. They did not want wow. us to, to enter the uh, the war. And one of my my fifth grade teacher was a member of that group uh, and took it out on all of us kids who had the military fathers. Uh, so I experienced that personally. Yeah. Uh, but as soon as uh, Pearl Harbor happened, 
America pulled itself together and together. <clears throat> we built ships and planes and, and got into the, the fray, and our, our power of being together won the war. But we are incredibly divided right now. Uh, so everything is not right in this country, even though uh, democracy it survives. So um, we may be we may be uh, stepping back from the brick of of the cliff uh, because uh, enough Americans are uh, in the middle. Uh, they're independents or uh, moderate. Uh, moderate Democrats or moderate Republicans. So there are enough of us in the middle uh, that we don't want to be um, uh, shackled by uh, extremes in either direction. Uh, we certainly don't like the uh, uh, conspiracy theories and the fake news on the one hand, and on the other, we, we the woke, uh, the woke people, the woke enforcers. Uh, who uh, often, or not often, but occasionally resort to violence, um, uh, are equally terrifying. Uh, so, uh, uh, so uh, for instance, we are shocked and horrified and disgusted by the attack on Nancy Pelosi's husband by an, a deranged individual with a hammer. Unbelievable. Yeah. And that the filthy... Uh, uh, rumors and fake news immediately started up on the right, uh, which I find debases the uh, the right uh, far from uh, even where it was before. Uh, I mean, I feel nauseous uh, about this uh, attack on uh, on Paul Pelosi's reputation and uh, and. Uh, Debasing the very injuries he he had suffered while he was in surgery to save his life, for heaven's sake. Um, so this kind of horror uh, on on both extremes um, is not what the the, uh, the majority of the American people wanted, and they demonstrated it. Okay, so um, we did well. <laughs> but we are not out of uh, out of the problem area. We d didn't get a clean bill of health. But um, the, inf the infection is here, and we still need to uh, to cure it. And then when we turn to Texas, <laughs> Texas had Beto O'Rourke as a possible governor. All of the cities in Texas voted for Beto O'Rourke. The cities in Texas, all of them, Dallas, uh, Houston, San Antonio, El Paso. I don't know about Fort Worth, but I suspect so. I uh, all of them were blue, uh, and the rest of Texas was bright, bright red. And uh, Abbott... Uh, Greg Abbott won the election easily by 11 points. Um, and what he what did he campaign on? He campaigned constantly on border security, challenging the Biden administration at every chance they got. Uh, and Abbott said at his campaign uh, party. Uh, we want to keep Texas a beacon of opportunity that we have provided over the past eight years. And it's true that Texas, the Texas economy uh, is booming. There's no doubt about it. However, Texas leads the nation in people who are uninsured. Uh, Texas exploits Medicaid but it will not, and this is a badge of honor for Abbott, who refuses to expand. Um, Medicare uh, is being exploited, but he refuses to expand Medicaid, uh, which would uh, deal with this uninsured problem. Texas should be ashamed of itself, the number of people who have no health insurance. And uh, the... Um, uh, surging, uh, surging property taxes. <laughs> I feel that myself. 
my uh, my own property here is is now uh, pegged at twice its actual uh, value, and I'm paying twice the taxes. Therefore, of course. And at the same time, Texas is not funding its education program. Uh, Texas is probably one of the two or three bottom states, if not the bottom state, in the quality of its education. Uh, And in teacher salaries, teachers here in Texas are trying to exist on about $35,000 a year, Um, which if you put that in wages, that would probably be around $5 to $7 an hour. Uh, it's ridiculous, uh, and about a thousand uh, a thousand teachers have quit. So there is a, a, a terrible teacher shortage here in Texas. So people, businesses, and their families who are looking to come here uh, need to be sure they're insured and uh, and know that they're if they have to buy a house, they'll have to pay double for it, and their kids may not get a proper education. Um, so uh, these things are, uh, might very well push businesses and top talents away from Texas. Okay, so um, the, we have the most, uh, among the most, probably the most lax gun law uh, in in all of the uh, the state. Also, uh, any Tom, Dick, or Harry can carry a gun openly anywhere in Texas. And Beto O'Rourke talked about all these issues, and these issues that matter to the cities, apparently, but I don't even think the rural people hear about these issues because they're tuned to Fox News almost all. And this is the problem of social media. Uh, And uh, social media, Fox News, uh, blares its uh, opposition to socialism, and while <laughs> while Medicare is socialist, everybody here depends on it. <laughs> but Medicaid is is a socialist. No, no. <laughs> so we have wonderful contradictions here. But the, as I say, the rural people who only listen to Fox News or Newsmax, or as one of the other. Uh, uh, right-wing uh, media um, don't just don't get the news on what is really wrong in Texas. So um, border security is very popular uh, throughout this state um, and uh, and the and of course inflation those are the two uh, two things that uh, Abbott ran on and and of course, one-handedly. Okay, so while while Texas went red, uh, I always thought Uvalde, that had suffered from gun violence, uh, had suffered horribly and had lost uh, had lost 19 students and two teachers. Um, that it would, of course, vote for uh, uh, for Beto. I think the town itself might have voted. I didn't get statistics on the town itself, but the county, uh, Uvalde County, went 60% for Abbott, which I find to be a shocker. Amazing. Yeah. So uh, we know what uh, what Beto O'Rourke's uh, campaign was based on. It was it was based uh, on. Uh, a good deal of it was based on safety in gun uh, legislation. Uh, he wasn't going to take the guns away, but he was going to raise the uh, the age of, of uh, purchase to 21 from 18. Uh, and um, uh, and his um, uh, his actual uh, vote total. Uh, in Texas was 44%, uh, which was the highest since Ann Richards, uh, who got 46% uh, when uh, uh, when uh, um, come on the the name is the name is not coming to me. Um, 
this is terrible. My my. That's okay. Ancient, you could. Yeah, it's 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 not. It's my uh, my aged memory is failing me suddenly. Um, so since Ann Richards got forty six percent, and uh, and we had a Republican administration coming in for the next uh, several uh, several rounds. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Texas and the nation um, uh, ha- uh, had the uh, had the Republicans, and then of course uh, Obama uh, broke that, but only for a, a couple of terms, and uh, and then we had the Republicans once again to our great detriment, in my opinion. Um, now the people, the people in Uvalde campaigned heavily for uh, uh, for Beto O'Rourke, uh, and uh, uh, a woman by the name of Anna Rodriguez uh, produced a, a powerful campaign video uh, in which she was uh, advocating for uh, O'Rourke's gun safety platform. And she shared the shocking detail of her daughter being identified only by her green Converse shoes that had a hand-drawn heart on the toe. Her body was and face were so mutilated that she was unrecognizable otherwise. Mm. Uh, and this was a very powerful uh, campaign uh, video, but it did not have the effect. Uh, against those who were so worried about immigration and uh, and the inflation, which shocks me. Uh, I can't understand that personally. Um, so to go on, then what what is what is going to be uh, Beto O'Rourke's future? I wonder. Now, former our former mayor uh, and and uh, housing uh, director on the national level and so on, Julian Castro, uh, said that even in defeat, uh, O'Rourke has moved the party forward because uh, he has invested in the infrastructure uh, of the party itself. Uh, he has built a network of donors and volunteers through his campaign, and he has raised more money than any Democrat in history, apparently. Um, and Castro believes he still has a bright future uh, because he can choose the role he wants to play in Texas. Uh, if he wants to run again in the, in the future, he has the talent ability and the connections to fundraise and he names he has a name recognition uh, uh, also uh, that is nationwide not just here in Texas so um, the, the next Senate US Senate race in Texas uh, will start in or yeah will start in 2024 actually will probably start earlier as these elections tend to do these days because Cruz is up for re-election again. Um, but apparently he's also eyeing a, a, another run for the White House. And the Republicans are all saying that he, uh, he failed in his, uh, his run for the governorship because of his run for the White House, in which he uh, said he would take away um, and make uh, assault weapons illegal. I think that uh, President Biden is saying the same thing, and more power to him uh, if he can do that. Uh, if we eke out a, a, a win in the House, which I'm very afraid we won't, uh, it, uh, I think such measures as outlawing assault weapons uh, so that the populace itself cannot have weapons of war, uh, which would prevent uh, children, uh, boys of 18 to 21, uh, uh, from uh, from getting their hands on them. I think that would be a, 
a wonderful development, but I'm afraid that if the House goes Republican, we will not be able to do that. Um, but anyway, um, um, the Republican, uh, who's, uh, this is Abbott's chief political advisor, a Republican named Dave Carney, um, says that O'Rourke is, dam- is a damaged candidate going forward. He, ha- he is uh, saying that uh, uh, O'Rourke does not have a happy future uh, because he says he's an actual um, asset for the Republicans because he energizes the Republican va- base to come out to vote against him. So he welcomes any attempts that uh, O'Rourke will make uh, uh, to gain some public office or other, because the uh, Republicans will come out in force against him. But um, uh, on the other hand, let's see. um, Is that Mitch Carney, by the way? Is, is it, uh, yeah. Yeah, Mitch Carney. Yeah. Yes, it is Carney. Yes, it's Carney. It's a quote from Carney, not a, a quote from yeah. Dave Carney is saying this whole thing. It's Dave Carney, I think. Yeah, the, G- Governor Governor Abbott uh, Abbott's political director, Mitch Carney. Yeah, um, it's his, his political. Yeah, his chief political advisor. Yes. Yeah, he. Uh, yeah. He. Uh, he called Trump a joke. That, that, by the way, he was. He's that uh, Beto's running for anything would be great because it energizes the Republican yeah. base and helps raise money on the Republican side. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, but I, I wonder, just a, a, a quick point on that, is uh, is it, they didn't blow out Beto O'Rourke. I know it was disappointing for you, but he was an incumbent. He wasn't expected to lose in a red state in a year like this, um, Abbott, uh, I, I think by downgrading Beto O'Rourke, trying to uh, bloody to bloody him up uh, and make Democrats be- believe that, I, I think yeah. if they thought that, if they thought Beto O'Rourke energized um, Republicans, they would leave him alone and, and encourage the Dems to vote him, uh, run him again. If that was the case, I think they're trying to damage him because he he brings so much. They don't want to run against Beto O'Rourke, who has name recognition now, experience now, uh, and is building up a following. And he raises tremendous money. Um, yes. I, I I don't you know I don't think I think you have to take uh, what what uh, Carney says about his last opponent with a grain of salt. Right. Well. Um O'Rourke, I think O'Rourke is free to run again uh, and uh, and to choose what he's going to uh, to try to achieve. Uh, it's up to him, and whether uh, he will carry the cities. There's no question about that. Uh, it's a matter of of penetrating the fog that uh, that lies heavily on the rest of the country, and the fog is called Fox News. Uh, it's it angers me so much that Fox News can get away with with quoting Putin, for instance, uh, and uh, and pushing Russian propaganda, and uh, uh, and conspiracy theories, and so on and so forth, and fake news all over the place. Uh, and there's nothing nothing is seems to be able to stop them. And uh, since they have other program that is uh, that is good and enticing, uh, people and uh, I suppose sports as well, uh, people uh, around the uh, especially in the rural areas uh, will choose to listen to Fox News, and uh, it's powerful enough so that it's one of these stations uh, available. Uh, and as long as this is the case, this is a propaganda uh, news outlet uh, that is persuading Americans to hate each other, to hate uh, the Democrats, as if we uh, we were some sort of monsters. Uh, and of course, the uh, the QAnon uh, conspiracy theory uh, paints us as lizard people anyway. 
in other words, monsters. Uh, and although that is absurd, uh, some people tend to uh, be swayed by that. Uh, so uh, the the problem is in this country right now that we are polluted with propaganda and we're doing nothing to stop it. And the problem with stopping it is that we believe in free speech. And this has been a difficulty for uh, for Elon Musk and Twitter. And Twitter is going down, I think, because uh, of Musk's uh, desire to let every Tom, Dick, and Harry say whatever they want, including total falsehoods. Um, and uh, so the uh, advertising advertisers and um, and programmers are leaving uh, leaving Twitter, which might go bankrupt. I haven't heard lately if it has or not. But anyway, once again, uh, if we don't get the truth over our airwaves, we are not going to be able to choose correctly, and we are never going to be uh, able to get together, as Friedman uh, said so eloquently. And I quoted him at the beginning of this whole thing. But O'Rourke did one very good thing, and that is he uh, straightened out uh, the the uh, data that the Democratic Party has. So um, uh, the voter files, for instance, were littered with outdated information on voters, bad addresses and wrong phone numbers and mislabeled races and uh, and ethnicities, uh, and uh, all of that came from uh, from the uh, counties' information, the county election officials' information, and it was out of date. Uh, and he spent millions on data analytics in order to uh, straighten all that out. So um, he had something like 95,000 volunteers. Uh, who were working not only on that, but they were also knocking on people's doors. So they knocked on a million doors um, in during the campaign. Um, but and they may have they may have brought people out. But the, what puzzles me very much uh, about that campaign and about Texas as a whole, Texas women did not come out in force to vote on uh, the, the Roe v. Wade situation, the fact that Texas bans almost all uh, abortions. And that is a, uh, there was not a wave of, of voters coming out. Uh, the, the news during the election period, the, the early, uh, early voting period and the election itself kept saying that um, the, the number of voters was below uh, 2016 and 2020, uh, and uh, they could not understand it. And I don't have any answer for that either. It puzzles me. Mm. So anyway, uh, Beto has uh, has created a better base, a cleaner base uh, for uh, of data and knowing who is actually uh, a voter in this, uh, a Democratic voter in this state than was ever the case before. So we owe him a debt of gratitude for modernizing uh, the campaign's uh, infrastructure, to, so to speak, uh, and uh, for competing throughout the state of Texas and activating organizers and voters everywhere um, and the the work that he and his team put in is going to pay dividends for years to come. There's no doubt about that. Uh, so there we are. Um, Beto is uh, alive, and I'm sure he's uh, he's very much daunted by the the results. But at the same time, he uh, he appears to um, to be thinking of. Uh, of other off 
offices that he might run for, and certainly he will be active politically. That is the case. And I say more power to him. You know, I think a lot of people uh, listening uh, will um, <clears throat> uh, will are the, there's still a hangover from the election, and a lot of people that uh, that are listening here are are still in. You know, we're we're less than a week out of the uh, of the election that happened, and we right. all live in a cocoon. So we're seeing what happens uh, to us. And you're right there. You're right there, and you're watching uh, your state overwhelmingly vote for uh, Greg Abbott. The the one thing from an outsider's standpoint, from somebody watching in New York, um, we expected that, right? We thought, you know, who knows? Maybe Beto O'Rourke could uh, could surprise everybody and 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 do that. But the uh, the truth of the matter is that they didn't. Um, it, you know, it didn't work out that way. The polls were right. There was nothing. I, I mean, when you say it, you you expected people to come out in Texas, um, you know, to vote uh, Roe v. Wade, the uh, the women, uh, the 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 bottom line is is that they didn't, and uh, and you know that could be uh, disturbing, especially people who share that point of view uh, with them. The question I have for you is is why didn't they? Were they over? sampled in uh in in the uh the polling that had 70 was it something like 70 percent of people agreed with um with uh, uh pro-choice uh sentiment is that an oversampling of what was there or did they stay home because they thought there was no chance that they were going to um uh, they were uh, they were going to uh, have an effect why did the the uh, why did the Roe v. Wade voters, why did the pro-choice voters stay home if, in fact, they did? I have no answer. Uh, I'm asking the same question. Um, I have not seen any uh, any opinion uh, in the newspapers or anywhere else on that uh, as far as analyzing why they didn't come out. Uh, I think perhaps because... Um, because it's an, it, the issue was so it's been uh, abortion has been something in Texas that's uh, abortion ban has been uh, in effect much longer than uh, than the Supreme Court overturning of Roe v. Wade, and I think maybe uh, the voters are just jaded. They've had uh, so much dinned. Uh, into their ears about coming out and uh, and defying uh, that uh, ban and uh, expressing their displeasure that they just uh, said, "Oh, there's no use." I mean, it was it was sort of the uh, resignation of of bad news at bad news uh, that uh, that prevented them from coming out, maybe. I mean, they just were tired and sick and tired of the whole thing, and so they didn't bother to come come out. That's the only explanation I can imagine. Uh, I think if it had been on the ballot, as it was in several states, it would have passed. Uh, a pro-choice uh, option would have passed uh, handily, but it was not on the ballot, and therefore uh, the women didn't come out. There wasn't any... Um, any direct shot at the, the abortion ban, anything that directly uh, pointed to get, getting rid of an abor abortion ban. And so uh, uh, I guess they didn't think uh, O'Rourke had a chance. And so they just sat, sat on their hands, didn't, didn't come out. Yeah, I just, uh, you know, that's a, you know, that's a surprise. For uh, for for many, I mean, there certainly are, are people that um, that uh, downplayed this. Uh, Republicans that I know said uh, said things to me that uh, you know it's it's overblown the Roe v. Wade it, or or that it happened too soon. Maybe you know that uh, that yeah. everybody had the maybe that makes sense, right? That maybe it it happened too yeah. soon. 
and you know. and people at this point are already used to the idea the shock had wore off. So if yes. if the election had happened in July, let's say, and and uh, and just fresh off of the news of what happened, that maybe there would be this uh, the, there would be this out outcry. Remember the the demonstrations that were going around yes. the uh, yes, all yes, over the exactly. country. Mm-hmm. Right. People, I agree with that entirely. Yeah. I think that's exactly what happened. That the, uh, the the anger, the fury, um, at, was at its peak back then, and then it ebbed because people can't keep on being furious at that level for very long, and so they just said, "Oh hell, uh, to hell with it all! Uh, everything is corrupt, and blah blah blah." I mean, uh, we can't do anything about it, so we won't even go out to vote. I think that was the, uh, the prevailing attitude among women in Texas, and why why they did not come out and uh, and vote for better. Uh, but also um, in the rural, as I keep saying, in the rural areas, people don't hear anything except Fox News. Yeah. And Fox News was harping on the terrible situation where, uh, caused by immigration and the horrors of all these rapists and murderers and, and thieves coming into the country. Oh, my God. And uh, – and of course, the inflation was terrible, and it was all Biden's fault. And uh, and uh, not a mention of the fact that inflation is far worse in the rest of the world. And uh, Biden has actually protected the United States to some extent from it. Um, so thanks to him, we're not at ten percent inflation, um, as as is uh, Germany and uh, and Britain. Well, to say uh, just to mention too. Uh, there are some that have have tremendous. I mean, more than uh, um, it's just more than those two countries that have higher inflation rates than us. Yeah, I mean, other countries have even higher. I yeah. mean, the third world, for instance. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, but those are countries that are comparable to our, to us. And Canada too has a higher rate of inflation than we do. Yeah. So yeah, uh, you won't hear that. Uh, you won't hear that on Fox News, and you won't hear that on no, you, cer- you certainly won't. But you will hear that Biden being blamed for the inflation, which is absolutely false. Yeah, I mean it's caused by the uh, by Russia's war, and of course uh, Fox News doesn't want you to know that because it's pro-Russian, and uh, uh, well. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's so, uh, yeah, so, frustrating uh, as, for you as for we sure. Say, uh, people just don't hear the truth coming out of Fox News, but they only listen to that. Well, uh, on a positive front for the for the Democrats, and I know it's uh, maybe it's not a uh, not a great consolation prize, but you're going to have a runoff between Warnock and and Herschel Walker, and I imagine right. Warnock is going to be a uh, uh, clearly the favorite in that. And if yeah. if he wins, then it lessens the effect of Joe Manchin or Kirsten Cinema, uh, and right. uh, and that uh, I imagine I imagine the Mark Kelly um, race too, uh, you know, alleviate some thoughts, right? Um, you know, uh, and uh, and what happened there because uh, easily that could have gone Republican, right? Yes. No. So well, I mean, that was the Senate. The Senate is looking uh, more promising for the Democrats, and in a year like this, when they were talking red wave, um, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that's something to hang your hat on. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, the fact that we did take the Senate uh, is, is a huge plus uh, and a safeguard. So uh, the executive branch and half of the legislative branch um, is already in in Democratic hands uh, for the next uh, two years at least. And uh, uh, so I think we are – well, we're going to get something done. Well, let let me ask you this question, not to cut you off, but who would you rather – who would you expect would be more of a horse trader, Kevin McCarthy – or Mitch McConnell. We've seen Mitch McConnell uh, basically uh, uh, close down the second Obama term, right? Yeah. Four, four years complete close down without him blinking, without Mitch McConnell blinking. I don't know that we'll get the same thing from uh, from Kevin McCarthy. Yeah, well, I think uh, Mitch McConnell is clearly the the strong 
individual who will stick to his guns, whatever they, he happens to uh, to have in mind. He'll stick to it. Yeah. Um, he certainly did uh, try to make uh, President Obama a one-term president. He did everything he could and failed, uh, but uh, but he did succeed in hamstringing him, as you just said. Um, and if he takes a, a notion to do the same thing, uh, he won't be able to because uh, he is not – he is the uh, minority leader in the Senate uh, now, as he was for the past two years. Uh, so uh, he, he, he'll be able to uh, consolidate his Republicans uh, to do – to vote uh, as he wants them to. Apparently, they are so afraid of him, they uh, was, uh, even uh, – I mean, even those who uh, have been on the liberal side of uh, of republicanism uh, have voted with him throughout, uh, and, and that includes Liz Cheney um, on any other issue than the uh, than January sixth. Um, uh, so he holds tremendous sway, and uh, Kevin McCarthy is uh, is feeble by comparison. And I think the Republicans are thinking of uh, maybe not making him Speaker of the House in case the House goes Republican, which I expect it to. So there's going to be a fight over who's going to be uh, Speaker, I predict. Yeah, right. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting. What something tells me we're going to have a lot of conversations. Uh, you know, I would make uh, I would make the argument that I would make the argument that. Um, that uh, McCarthy uh, is more pragmatic. If you end up with McCarthy as being the speaker, um, that he's far more pr uh, pragmatic than what um, uh, than than what Mitch McConnell. Anybody is more pragmatic, right? Than Mitch McConnell. He's um, you know he is going to have a uh, uh, a better chance. Uh, the the Democrats are going to have a better chance of dealing with McCarthy. And you want to call it horse trading. Uh, you want to uh, call it uh, whatever, but um, if it is McCarthy, something tells me that he will be he will be easier to deal with than McCau uh, than McConnell would be. Well, he's uh, he is a weak individual. I mean, what he uh, uh, he stood up there after January sixth and uh, and told the truth and said uh, that uh, that Trump was responsible uh, for the uh, insurrection. Uh, and that he he should take uh, responsibility for it and so on, and then he made an absolute about about face and became a lackey uh, for Trump for the rest uh, of the time from uh, from that January sixth to now. Um, so uh, he has he has been a lapdog <laughs> uh, for for Trump. And uh, I just wonder whose lapdog is is going to be as Speaker of the House. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Well, listen, as it as it unfolds, it it will uh, it will reveal itself uh, itself to uh, to us, and we'll be able to uh, talk about this more and more. But in my mind, um, you know, again, it's uh, it it could have, from a Democratic standpoint, I think it could have been much much worse. Things could have been much, much yeah. worse. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. There's no doubt about that. No doubt. And of course, right now, uh, unfortunately for me, I live in Texas, and right. so my my point of view is more pessimistic right. <laughs> uh, because I'm going to have to live with the consequences uh, of, uh, of abortion ban, uh, incredibly high uh, taxes here. Uh, and uh, and so forth, and the, uh, the presence of guns all over the place. Um, so uh, so I'm not pleased. But uh, as you say, nationally we celebrate, uh, and we even though we may lose the house, we still are better off than had been predicted. God God knows, uh, <laughs> we really. Uh, uh, we really escaped the uh, the worst of the predictions that uh, it would. Uh, uh, Senator Cruz saying it was going to be a, a red tsunami 
<laughs> not just a wave. Yeah. Uh, wow. So, so anyway, uh, democracy is safe, and yet, uh, rather, I should say, democracy prevailed, survived, but it is still not safe, and that was the head headline of uh, uh, of uh, Thomas Friedman's. Um, uh, op-ed from Sunday, I think, or maybe Saturday. Uh, we probably here in San Antonio, the Express News probably prints these things the day after they came out in New York City, for instance. So, so but anyway, I agree with Friedman that uh, we're still not safe. Well, listen, good, good stuff. Uh, uh, you know, uh, content-wise, <laughs> you always, uh, you always seem to nail the point. And um, and and Friedman's uh, you uh, always very good, right? Friedman's always, uh, I, I think, uh, is uh, as good as you can get as far as telling his standpoint and getting his standpoint across there. Uh, so uh, to you and Friedman, uh, congratulations on a, on a job well done. And uh, and and you know to to Democrats, my final thought on it is things could have been a lot worse. You could have lost the House. Is uh, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, you could have lost the Senate, the Senate as well. So uh, you know, to yeah, me, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was uh, that was a squeaker, but we made it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, uh, listen, Doc, uh, uh, take care of yourself, and we'll be talking to you again real soon. And uh, and and well, and I, I'd say enjoy your 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 uh, your residency with four more years of Greg Abbott. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. six. Six more. Is it a six-year term? <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. You got Abbott yeah. for another six years. Uh, and, unless somebody takes him on as a vice president or if he somehow runs for president. Um, yeah, he. Uh, you got him for six more years. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Yep. Wow, six-year terms. and Yeah, that's amazing. Anyway, Doc, thank you very much. You're most welcome. Thank you. Uh, Without you, uh, when my memory lapses, I would be lost, that's for sure. <laughs> and I, I, we should all be so lucky to have your memory. Uh, amazing stuff from Dr. Florence Byham Weinberg. Check out her documentary. Check out her 16 books, including Be, uh, Before the Alamo, and her latest is The Choice, uh, both uh, works of historical fiction, and 16 books all, all in total. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on The Florence Weinberg Show.